Are you ready for some fun? Oh, yeah! This service is brought to you by the Pleasure Club. If you're under 18 and do not wish to be billed, please hang up now. Who said buying a home should be uptight and boring? It's time for Patty's Playhouse, your local real estate talk show with Patty and Scott. It's house talk with a happy ending each and every time. Patty's Playhouse with Patty and Scott starts now. Working out to find what a way to make a living. Patty, getting by, it's all taking and no giving. Just use your mind and they never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy and you let it. Ready for some fun? Oh, yeah! This service is brought to you by the Pleasure Club. If you're under 18 and do not wish to be billed, please hang up now. Who said buying a home should be uptight and boring? It's time for Patty's Playhouse, your local real estate talk show with Patty and Scott. It's house talk with a happy ending each and every time. Patty's Playhouse with Patty and Scott starts now. Working nine to five. Partner would fill in a clap for me. Yay! Yay! And by that, you must he mean was Tish. bragging about the <laughs> DeSantis's visit, family visit. That was pretty fancy. Visit, well, I well, mean, to the Waverly to walk down your very dark driveway. That's very nice. The, I, the cars did not walk down my driveway. They came by my driveway. I don't know who was in the mix of all of it. But yeah, they were out there. I'm glad That's you served the little ones. We did full size bars, by the way. Nice. I'm a big full size. But we had no one last year. Did you have any this year? Yes. There was a lot more people. And I wasn't there. I was at an event. There was a lot of people. I was like, I'm going out to eat. I'm tired. I had a long day. And we never get anyone. But poor little people knocked on the door. We did. And then we turned all the lights off and closed shop because I usually do it my driveway because my driveway is so long. And then we got knocks on the door. Yeah. Was the like, light off? Yeah. That's rude. I was like, whoa, what up? But I was glad because I could get rid of more candy. There was a lot of it. I saw on- <sighs> Trying not to keep all that. On X today, I saw uh, from somebody's ring doorbell, looked like a fancy home, and this family walked up, and they had larger candy in mm-hmm. this big cauldron, plastic cauldron. It said, take one. 
Yeah, and the <laughs> the parents just took everything. Oh my goodness! And then the kids are all digging in. It was like they just came off like a, a raft. It seemed yeah, it was I, the first food that they had seen. Took like if everything. you don't know at this point that you're walking into that, mm-hmm. but the parents, <laughs> I know, the even, teenagers, even yeah. worse, yeah, even yeah. worse. Yeah, like how, how don't you know? That's why when I used to put a gumball machine on in on my front porch, did you leave quarters? No. No, but no, nobody ever came to the house. I just huh. did it to post on social media to upset people. <laughs> so, so they could talk about COVID and the fact that <laughs> you shouldn't be having right. gumballs. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Aaron, I, I'm so sick of well, it. Well, we had a Aaron lot of people. She's, she's, she's really tired. Oh, bless it. We tried. Yeah. We tried what? <sighs> to what get fancy fiction to call in the show. Oh. Because we're going to talk about what? The trial. The trial. I wonder if Steve Cohen would. I have a cell. I wonder. I wonder if it's going to be over by Saturday. Probably. Well, they had said they had a couple, but yeah. I guess a couple of witnesses. Well, let's start from the beginning. It's Wednesday. Let's start from the beginning. We're talking about the Charlie Adelson. The Charlie Adelson trial. trial. Today is Wednesday. Ten years ago, yesterday, the initial chat, allegedly, with Charlie and his alleged, you know, mother, girl, and then Kate. Catherine McBenoit, about hiring a hitman, huh. was 10 years ago yesterday. Wow. And so that started in 2013. On Halloween. Around there. That's weird. And then it started, well, that's about when she lost her a bid for relocation. She lost, there was a lot of stuff that was happening. His sister, in the, you're referring to. Right, it, Wendy Adelson Markell, who never took his name. Right. Um. It's a problem. So it was about 10 years ago. Nothing really happened. He, he asked Catherine in a car. So Charlie Adelson is a periodontist from Broward, Miami-Dade, who owned the Adelson Institute with his father, Harvey. And he dates a type. Mm. And they're not the brightest fish in the sea. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So they're a little short, a little Asian, a little mix. He mm. likes a little mix. And so he knew Catherine had been with uh, uh, not-so-friendly uh, types, and Siegfried Alfredo uh, was the father of her children. Siegfried also had not been with not-so-friendly types. Siegfried's best friend, who was in the Latin Kings, but he was, Siegfried was not, is Louis Rivera. Catherine gets this hint that, can you harm somebody, was the question. She's like, You know yeah. somebody that can harm somebody. Yes. And she's like, yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> Can you even imagine? That's the hint, or that was the no, actual question? No, that's the actual question. Okay, and then she's like, yeah, sure. And so for 100,000, between 100 and 138,000, can you do this? Yes. So, um, can you hurt someone? Can you hurt somebody, right? Can you even imagine? So, Months go by, things are getting much more ripe for the Markel custody battle. They're going back and forth. Um, Dan Markel, who is the victim in this horrific freaking crime, murder and slaughtered in his own garage by this family, allegedly, was, um, he, he was, she was trying to inhibit him. She wanted to move the kids to Miami-Dade. Um, he hired another attorney, turns out, named Stephen Webster, who's a trial attorney who doesn't really do custody, but he took the case because he he didn't want to really – it's like us. We don't want to really sell homes to say 
realtors or home inspectors, whatever, people in your industry, it's right. much harder. So he saw two lawyers fighting. He was like, I don't know. So he reads the entire case law, and I'm not kidding. It's probably eight inches thick. Wow. The binder, I've never seen a binder that large. So he does, I've never seen a binder that large. They must make special ones for these people. So George Kappelman, who's the prosecutor, slams it in front of Wendy, who's the ex-wife. And she's like, this is your case law. Anyway, Stephen Webster reads the whole case law. He's like, I'll take your case. Something happened um, They that Dan said that he heard that one of the children was uh, came to him and said Dan that the grandma, victim. Dan the victim, that grandma Donna Adelson, Charlie's mother, despicable human being, no matter what happens, said, uh, calls him bad names. Like they made up names like we, you know, we, everyone mocks people. Like it's not, it's, you know, we just do it. Their nickname was Jibbers. Anyway, she was saying he was dumb or stupid or whatever because she didn't get what she wanted, right? She did not get what she wanted. She wanted Wendy and the boys to be down there and have unfettered access. And Dan was to move down there and then commute. Like this was their theory. Dan, A, is smarter than Wendy, a lot smarter, more educated than Wendy, like all this stuff. And that he was supposed to commute back and forth from Tallahassee so that she could see them. Come on. So Stephen, Stephen Webster takes the case. couple days, so he says this last night on Tim Jansen, who's a local high, high-profile defense attorney. I was there at his office. Stephen Webster uh, says in this podcast that he got a call. He tried to call Dan at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Dan didn't answer. Then he tried to call him at, or he called him back. And then he tried to call him again at 1118. By then, Dan had been shot. And he didn't call him back. And then Mr. Webster was like, I'm frustrated because I'm taking your case. We have a hearing the following week. Mm. The following week. Mm. So he's frustrated. Police officer calls him back. The officer says, how do you know Dan Markell? Like real aggressive. He's like, he's my client. And then it goes back and forth. And he goes, he's my client. I want to speak to him now. And she's like, are you with him? Yes. I want to talk to him now. And she's like, but you can't. And then she, I guess she got her thoughts together and said something horrible happened. Mm. And that's how he found out. But he's convinced, you know, it's on the podcast, it's on YouTube, that I'm not speaking out of turn, that she is guilty, Wendy is guilty. Because within just a few days, she moved her entire house down to Broward in just a couple of days. And the baby's pediatricians, not babies, they were three and four years old, pediatricians were changed in a minute. And one of the pediatricians called um, Attorney Webster and said, do we have your permission because your power of attorney, which, you know, power of attorney dies with the patient. So do you have power of attorney to transfer this? And he goes, well, are they injured? Like, whatever. You have my blessing to transfer it, but I don't know that I have the authority to do it. Mm-hmm. So he covered himself. But then he's like, what? And he's like, yes, she had to have known, right? She had to have known. So that's what happened. The poor man was shot several times in his head, cheek, forehead, the whole thing. Lived, can I tell you, for 14 hours. He lived. Unbelievable. The whole time. Wendy knows because she drove past the house. So Wendy, The the police officers stopped her from going down the street. Here's one of Wendy's mistruths, we'll say, because lies too, too harsh of a word. She's driving around. She lives on Aqua Ridge, which is uh, close to I-10, above I-10, in, in one of the Clarna State little side right. neighborhoods. Drives the whole way down Centerville Road to Trescott. Centerville and Trescott. 
On the stand, she said she was stopped at Centerville and Trescott. Centerville and Trescott? Right, because they lived on Trescott, 2116. Stopped at Centerville and Trescott for, um, stopped by the police, turned around and left and went to ABC on Thomasville Road because she was supposed to meet a gal for lunch up at Mosaic by Momo's. Mm -hmm. You live up by Momo's. You go straight across to Market Liquors or Publix Liquors or the ABC, right? Just a little bit further up, there was an ABC uh, nine years ago. But you don't. You go the whole way down Centerville Road. So she was saying she was just happening Happening to do it. Happening to do it. Stick with us, Patty and Scott. 9 we do sell houses, but uh, part-time we also true crime talk addict. crime. Well, we do. So I remember the day it happened. I was at working at Keller Williams at the time, and I remember because remember um, Tish uh, consolidated was like this the 2015? 2014. Was it 2014? Mm-hmm. Consolidated was just started, and there was a delay in getting to the Markel house. Because it was all new, it was extremely new. But okay. he, I mean, he wouldn't have. Survived I remember it, anyway. but I had I moved in with Sherman at the beginning of 2015. Oh, okay. So we were talking about okay. So Wendy, we're talking about Wendy Adelson. Wendy Adelson is the now ex-wife fighting for custody. Is she an she ex or a like, widow? Well, that's her podcast. My dead ex-husband. <laughs> Seriously, she had but a podcast off the side. They stock. weren't divorced, were they? They were fully divorced. Oh, they it were? was custody. Okay. It, yep. was old, okay. it was a custody. They had Fair a fifty-fifty. Fair play. With the changeover on Wednesday and then every other week, and it was some nonsense. When she so, was in town. Correct. When she could show up. So Wendy's driving down Trescott. So Wendy was invited to a filled bar. I guess it was Elizabeth Emanuel, which a lot of people I don't know her personally, right. but Tish of course does. She they were getting married. And her and her husband, I forget his name, Ben or something. Anyway, they were getting married and they had to fill the bar party like yeah. prior to like. And so supposedly on the stand, she said the request was for bullet rye whiskey. Okay. Okay. So she drives all the way down from Ockle Ridge, all the way down Centerville Road, which is a hike. It's a hike during lunchtime. Mm, for sure. To go all the way down to the ABC on Thomasville, to then go all the way up to where Mosaic used to be, which is by the Momos, where that now Tallulah and all that is, right? right? So she drives all the way down. Trescott comes in before Benton, where there's that light where she would take it. She says she's going to take Trescott. However, I just remembered, during the trial, or in some analysis, she was saying that Dan was stalking her. Mm. So uh, Stephen Webster (laughs) said to him, please do not... Go near her. I don't want her to allege that you hit her, that you called her names, anything. We don't want it because that's what he thought it was. When when that police officer called him after Dan had been shot, he thought, yep, I was right. I was right. She's threatened him. Where is he? So he thought he had been arrested for something he did probably did. I mean, he was a very mild manner man. So she goes to Trescott, had to turn in. Because if she saw the tape and the officer stopped her, it is a mile. 
from Centerville and Trescott to his home. A full mile. I didn't even realize how long that road is at Trescott. She was trying to skip the traffic on Benton no, by going she Trescott? Was just, she said she... She's just an airhead and that she just is, she can't really take other roads. She only takes the roads that she knows. So you drive Betten seven and a half unknown. miles. That road, I think it's pretty known. Seven and a half miles out of your way. Hmm. She lives on Aqua Ridge and had for a while. Seven and a half miles out of her way to go to that ABC at 1249. So what do we assess by all this? That she was that trying she to figure exactly out if something happened? exactly when he was being shot well, then and why had would you shot. drive by? That's just stupid. She, these aren't the brightest hitmen in the world. Well, no, but she's brighter than they are. She so says, why is she driving she by? She says, but the knowing... hubris in all of this is unbelievable. That I'm t- untouchable. She literally says on the stand, uh, I'm not going to get arrested. Nothing's happening to me. So she has a limited, uh, um, what I know of, She's a limited that immunity. Of immunity. Yeah, but it's limited. She lies, she loses it. Mm. They could, the phone people, which were amazing data, the phone people could, could tag her phone closer to the house on Trescott because of where the phone towers are. So they have, they showed a little yellow flag on the side. I did go to the courthouse this week. They showed a little yellow flag showing where her car was approximately in the area, and it was not on Centerville. She drove down and had to make a three-point turn and come back up. Hmm. So there she's nine miles out of the way because it's a mile and a mile. Unbelievable. So then he is shot. It goes, and nothing happens for a really long time. And then Luis Rivera gets uh, arrested. He was the guy with with the Latin Kings. He was the gang member, although this was not a gang hit. He oh, was he made that very specific. He made a very specific, and I don't know why. So he was, he testified. Yes, okay. he's testified in all the trials. Okay, because he turned evidence. Mm. He's like, hey, I'm about to go down for a RICO charge. Right, I have some information for right. you. Okay, so instead of doing state time for this murder, he did federal time, and he only has another ten years. So he had a total of twenty years, and they let it, and that's how they got. Because I think it would have taken a long time forever. Had had that not happened. Because the data that we have access to now is not the data we had 10 years ago. Fair. Now they've been able to take that data. It's like old DNA. Right. Now they can do touch DNA. There's things they can do. But they couldn't at that time. So 10 years later, they we they we I didn't know that they had the video on the side of the our metro buses. I didn't know any of that. But they have video. They had the Prius. These people... Let me tell you. Well, can, the thing with the Prius is because it was a lower tier rental company. Yeah. It was a hybrid. It was called hybrid rental out of Miami. And then, and then that the Prius had been damaged in Miami. And so when they put on a new rear view mirror on the side. It didn't match. It didn't match the rest of the car. So, so it, it stood out. Mm. So it was a very specific car. And so the TPD investigators were able to look through cameras to look for this very specific Prius. And they followed with a it. Different mirror. They followed it following Dan. They'd been here in June. And doing the same thing. Scoping it out. Right. But Luis Rivera, one heart. of the hitmen, he, he, uh, Dan was with his children. He saw his children. He's like, I will not do anything. He really just wanted to rob people. Like, he didn't want to do this. He didn't. Well, I mean, he, he didn't. He's he, like, uh, why can't we just rob them if they have $100,000? Like, why does it have to be this? And they were like, well, we have to get our kids back. He's so mean. He's horrible. He's all these things. And and we're talking about low intelligence level. Uh, really, everybody. I don't care if you're a periodontist. You're an idiot. I, so every everything was tracked with cash. Everything, dude. They were paid a hundred thousand dollars for this hit, 
Supposedly, it's 138. And why that attorney, Little Rash, brought that up? Where did it come from? So Adelson Institute took a lot of cash. They gave discounts for huge discounts on cash. You need uh, a you need skipping taxes. I had no idea. Yes. Seventeen hundred bucks. We'll do the whole. Cr- we'll do the whole fillet your gum for eight hundred bucks. Cash. Yep, cash. So they had tons of cash, and they literally had Donna, who's the horrific mother of a human being, and then Charlie, and she's like, "Can just to make the books work, can we take twenty five thousand out of your pile and move it into the office pile?" And that is a fact. That is exactly what and she said. Charlie would take uh, ten one hundred dollar bills. A thousand dollars and staple them together. He stapled to know that they were a th- thousand thousand dollars. And guess what was the money that was paid to it the was hitmen? Was in stapled money. money. So this June Umchinda. Who, who knew this happened with the stapling? Because who, they, because they, Lewis, he got the money. No, I'm, no, I'm they saying, went, they went how did, how did we know that Charlie did the stapling because and put it in? The girlfriends they had people from the office. No, the girlfriends June Umchinda, who is a realtor, by the way, June Umchinda. Who said, Charlie said, and it's a quote, if we have children, they're going to need Velcro shoes. Okay. She so he saw, does have a type. Yeah, he has a type. <laughs> Not the brightest fish. Wow. But any, she she got lost in the courthouse. Okay. Mm. That's what we're talking about. Mm. It's easy to get to 3G. She got lost. <laughs> Poor thing. But she saw it in the safe stable. Um, Catherine testified she saw it in the state, state. And then Lewis testified that it was in, it was their staple, like when he received it. It was also moldy. Did you hear that? Yes, because the mother tried to launder the she, money. Well, she literally. washed literally. it to get rid of DNA. But then they didn't dry it, so the money got moldy. She Not the brightest the fish. Not, and Charlie's like, so then there's this bump. So years later, Lewis turns, and then they're like, well, we don't have enough. We need more than a... A thug more than murderer. Just yeah, us. we need more. We need more. So then they they put taps on the phone. Dude, what, did they I get can't even did with they you. Get stuff? Oh my gosh! You only knew. So there's been three trials so far. Catherine McBanawa and Siegfried Alfredo uh, was it Siegfried Fredo? Um, whatever his name is, Siegfried Blue Eyes. I like to call him. So Blue Eyes and her were testified together. Siegfried was convicted. Hers was hung. Then last year, 2022, I think it was June, Catherine had her trial, and she was given full immunity and didn't take it. Well, she's an idiot. She's an idiot. Again, Velcro. And then she turns. She's like, screw this. Siegfried's going, because she said she didn't want, it was one thing for Charlie to be arrested. It was another thing for the father of her children. So she was more worried about the father of her children than the children. That Wendy was worried about hers. And let me explain something, too. All of that shooting happens. I'm going to come back to 2014. The shooting happens. Wendy sees the crime scene tape four houses away, never calls Dan, never calls the children's school. I'm walking around with two phones because I got kids all over the country. He And he had because he, he had He had them that, that week. weekend, even though she asked him for the 16th. She emails him and says, are you in town from the 14th to the 18th? Yes. Can I have on the 16th? Yes. Yep. 850-656-0009. Stick with us.
feels so different now without Doesn't Matthew it? Perry on this earth, right? Very sad. Oh. I think we all loved him, no matter what your age range. And we just were, a funny guy. We were really talking physical on my show comedian. About him, that I, his movies, I love the movie. It really was. I don't more think of a, I ever saw any. No, there was a Zac Efron. It was more no. of a Zac Efron movie. It was called Seventeen again. It was so good. So we were talking about the Charlie Adelson trial, which the the we're recording on Wednesday. Prosecution rests, and Charlie's decided to uh, testify in his own behalf tomorrow. Which I'm he going has, to the courthouse. Indeed. What an idiot! Anyway, imbecilic is what I. If call he decides it. to do it again tomorrow, yeah. I mean, he can change his mind, but well, that's why I was wondering why they would allow it to instead of continuing on today, at least start where he had to. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know that all that process. Me either. So we were talking about the lead up to the murder and the actual murder. And then Wendy, the ex-wife the of uh, poor Dan Markell, was never called anybody. Never calls anyone. So it's 714. So, so they stop her. Yep. She sees the tape and she just. Turns around and leaves and never. She calls Harvard Law School. Did, she calls her friend Tova, who's a local person. She calls all of these people and never calls the school, her parents, his parents, Dan, never dies. So she can't go down Trescott, but she, it didn't dawn on her to think of why. Did they tell her why? Nope. Well, what, How did the cops that, know it was her? She didn't. She, they, she didn't. They, they just said the you, car. Can't, you can't go down. No. Right. They, but, they were but on we're the lookout. We're now saying that, that she was there, so how the, did we find out that, that she was by there? By that time, they already knew what kind of car she, the ex-wife drove. Okay. They, he said that on the stand. The, the officer that stopped her and told her she had to turn around knew that, and he witnessed it. And one of the things also that um, with the attorneys that I have on my show, that they said they may not have that they may not have communicated, that they only may have communicated through the state email program, and that she. But they never brought up that she emailed him. But nobody's ever brought up. You didn't think to call. She never. No, she yeah. only emailed him days before asking, would he be in town? Because he was about to leave town the next, to New York day the next day to see his girlfriend, Amy Adler, who was also an attorney. And do you know this freak's computer? The, her computer files, Wendy Adelson's, are trash. Student, teacher, sex. What? Yes. She was looking up Adler. She was looking up Amy, his girlfriend at the time, her brother. Trying, she was trying up, to figure out why it didn't make sense that they were together and to I, find I don't know. Some I don't reason know. why. But he I guarantee have. you, I'm gonna follow my own sword right now. If anything happens to any of you and someone looks at my computer, it's not a good sign. <laughs> because of all the cybersecurity stuff. Like every time I have to look up stuff for school, I'm like, this is not good. Mm. Oh, that's what I want to talk to you about. Good time. We'll do that next week. Okay. About the cybersecurity conference at TCC. Oh yes. Yeah, but we'll talk about that next so, week. So um Anyway, so she she does all that. And then she gets called in. She goes to Mosaic for lunch. They got the bullet with the receipt in the back. Just happened to be open and laying there, right? The receipt. The officer stops her at Mosaic, takes her out, says something horrible's happened to your uh, ex-husband, goes down, and she's in. She's being questioned. I think it's four hours. I'm going to rewatch it. It's like 7.14. She's like, I, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. But I got a call from my realtor. Lisa Carey, it said something's happened. I know there was a shooting on Benton because we all knew at that point, everyone in town right. knew. And uh, I hope you're okay. I hope Dan's okay. I hope the kids are okay. So the realtor was more concerned about Dan and the kids than this woman. Hmm. She's a piece. 
She uh, she is a piece. But it didn't also dawn on her the moment that she does find out, say, oh my gosh, I tried to go down Trescott. No. And I couldn't. Well, she denied I saw... even doing it then. She denied even trying to go that far. Has she, has she said at this point that she did? She said she only went to Centerville and Trescott and the tape was up. The tape is never up a mile it's up a road. It's still on the road to which you live on yeah. or did. And it's seven miles away. Right. Come on. But the phone guy, the phone guy from TBD, his last name's Corbett. Brilliant guy. Really affable to the jury. Spoke to the jury. Didn't just speak directly to the prosecutor like like I would, like you freeze up because I'm not professional. So you, he talks to the jury. He's addressing the jury. Oh, the data, can I tell you? I was in data heaven. I was in data heaven. And he just showed, like, here is where her phone she was. She and go to heaven. Right. I dadded. Mm. So, so did the it phone, show her going flagging. on Trescott? Yes. Well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. It did. But he had, like, little dashes that would have taken you from Aqua Ridge to any of the three liquor stores that are above I-10 versus below. And then coming down. And then it was in purple. And even the people I was sitting with in the gallery was like, that's that's upped. Like, it was so visually obvious. And you're trying to get him as a stalker. You don't even want this man at your kid's baseball games. So he was supposed to just show up at the game and observe. He wasn't, she didn't want him talking to the kids, giving them a hug. I mean, this isn't, I don't. This is, I didn't like my ex, my first ex-husband at all, but I wasn't going to stop that. How do you do that? I know. I'm so exasperated. I know. I am so exasperated by this whole thing. Just with the hubris of this whole family. They're all in on it. So in the in this first and second trial with Catherine, we only heard a little bit about the blackmail by the FBI, the extortion hit, which is called the bump. We only heard a little bit about that and then the audio and how they enhance the audio for the words to come out. But this is Charlie's trial, and it is all I, – I bet there's hours more for the next Adelson that's going to be arrested soon. And it was all just dumped in there. Unbelievable. Absolutely Unbelievable. Well, the sad part about all of it to me would be not only did it happen, but if she in fact did know she's going to allow her whole family to go down for something she wanted, allegedly, yeah, and not be the one to go down with it. I mean, like that's crazy. To me. She lied on the stand when she said things were really looking up between Dan and I. We were really getting along. We were and good parents. We were co-parenting, yeah. and so then they brought on um. The Sanford, Sergeant Sanford, Special Agent Sanford, he's Special Agent Sanford. And he comes up, how off, how, were they getting along? And Stephen Webster, too. Did they go, no, they weren't getting along at all. He goes, I have case file after case file after case file. Then it was, that was one lie. The OK Cupid in the dating sites was a lie. What, Not going what, down what trust. about that? Oh, she, she was on. She was on. So she was cheating on Jeff Lacoste, who was, they were, this is very interesting fact. Jeff Lacoste was her then boyfriend, who kind of resembled Dan. Was and he in Miami or here? Yeah. He was here. He was here. He was a, a I think, social working uh, professor at FSU, and he really loves Tallahassee, and he stayed here after all this. And uh, uh, the first car in June that these boys rented was the same model and color that Jeff Lacoste drove. Oh goodness! An Altima. 
But what's his face? Sigfredo got a ticket, so they had to go transfer it to a Sonata. And all they were doing up here was recon. But the first car was a Jeff Lacoste car. Mm. It was the same year and paint and model of an Altima that he had. Can you even imagine? So she lied. so she was on dating sites, and they use what's called Cellbrite. So they download all the data from the phone, and they Cellbrite it, which means they're looking for locations, GPS. There's tons of data that I, I mean. If you don't want to be found, get a T-Mobile phone. That's the first thing, because they don't really talk to anybody. But they, um, so all of that was there, and so sh- sh- they said, we have all your data. Were you on OK? What is OK Cupid? And she goes, it's a dating site. Fine. Do- were you on a slew of other sites? And she's like, no. And then Georgia says, George Kappelman, the prosecutor, she says, you know we have your phone. Well, then the defense objected. They went to sidebar. Nothing really ever came of it. But just saying that one word is a lie. So the OK Cupid was a lie. Um, saying that she and Jeff were getting, I mean, she and Dan were getting along was a lie. The Trescott was a lie. And here's the big one. So we now have legislation in the state of Florida because of Dan, uh, the Markells, the parents. And it's called a grandparent law. And a lot of attorneys, when you kill an attorney, attorneys kind of group together. And they helped this family because she refused to allow them to visit. She changed their last name from Markel to Adelson. Wow. Shortly, within a year of his death. But they were getting along. Yeah, but they were getting along. Things were great. And she says on the stand that the parents had unfettered access and saw them all the time. Countless was her word. But they live in Canada. Countless. (laughs) So a lot of it's by Zoom. Countless was her word. Three. In 10 years. Hmm. So I can count to three. I guarantee even June Umchinda can count to three. She may not know where third floor is, but she can count to three. Poor little June. button. Poor June. Has a little raised dots on the thing. I'm not kidding you. She giggled. Her alarm went on the front. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Stick with us, oh, Patty June. and Scott. 850-656-0009. She's a realtor. It's so embarrassing. Frampton, one of my favorites. I got to see him when he was playing with David Bowie in Philadelphia. He was on tour with David Bowie. It was very, very cool. Very exciting. So we have a guest, quick guest for the last segment named Steve Cohen. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him last night. I went to a uh, Ruth Markell book signing at Tim Jansen's office, Jansen and Davis, right on Franklin Boulevard. So they did a quick little thing to help support uh, Ms. Markell. She's um, struggled a bit, as you can imagine. It, it's been a hard sell. It's her third trial. And they're from Canada. And I, I had the very nice pleasure of getting to speak with this very noble, graceful woman. What an example of a human. So, Steve, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you very much. I mean, it's been an eventful trial. Right? Wild day. So what was it like today hearing all of the uh, audio and then the last big announcement? Tell us sure. real quick. Yeah, of course. I I thought it was a very eventful day, and 
you know, I, I happen to be in court this week every day. And, you, you know, it's, I think today, basically, they, they went over a lot of the wiretap evidence against Char, uh, against Charlie Adelson. And I think the, the reason that they were doing that was the defense has what many feel is a kind of cockamamie theory that instead of helping arrange the murder, uh, Charlie Adelson is this victim who was extorted, who is being extorted by, you know, uh, Catherine Magbanua, Secreto Garcia and company, where they they knew that they they tried to solve his problem, and then killed Dan Markel, kind of his rogue hitman, and then, you know, went back and the money that he paid and all that evidence can be explained by the fact that they were being extorted. Hey, Steve, so, tell everyone what your podcast is that you work on. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I work on a podcast called Surviving the Survivor, uh, hosted by Joel Waltzman and a lot of times his mom. It's called Surviving the Survivor because uh, Joel's mom is a Holocaust survivor. Uh, and the Markel case was actually the first case, the first true crime case that we started doing. It's become very popular. We've had millions of downloads. We have 70,000 plus um subscribers we've covered this case intently we've had Tim jansen a lot on a lot uh vinnie politan and grace uh tonight at seven we're having julia janae uh, six we're having julia janae of court tv tim jansen and a number of people to react to today's day which of course as you know patty the headline is that charlie adelson is going to take the stand what made you think what do you why do you think he's doing that why what's his mentality since I think his mentality is that it's a Hail Mary, and um, I think most people who know Charlie Adelson, you know, have characterized him as a slick talker or narcissist, if you will, who always felt he could talk his way out of anything and not have consequences. You know, and so you mentioned those wiretaps, and to me, I, you know, they kept playing them, and a lot of the people we were texting with back and forth in court kind of snarkily were saying, geez. How long are these wiretaps? Okay, enough is enough. We get it. You know, uh, he's pretty cordial with uh, Catherine Megbenua. If he's getting extorted, they're acting like DFF. You know, he doesn't seem under duress. He seems like he's controlling the conversation. And it doesn't seem to be the scenario that, you know, his lawyer, Daniel Rashbaum, is trying to advance. Instead, it seems that they were conspiring with each other. They were using codes in there, you know, and they were talking about uh, cops as pot pigs, or they were talking about, you know, who this, you know, just they were talking about rental properties instead of, you know, uh, you know, people. So they were, and people who are conspire, people who are getting extorted don't speak in code. People who are in a conspiracy speak in code. Right. But to answer your question, I feel like they, they don't have much else that they could do. As with the Alec Murdoch trial, they, you know, it's, he, they both are narcissists or people who have their backs against the wall, and they're going to probably spend the rest of their lives in jail. And he probably doesn't want to be sitting in that jail cell saying, well, what if I took the stand? Maybe I'm silver-tongued enough to be able to talk my way out of this. So you were in a good position where I saw you. At, I mean, I observed you before you met me. With the right. ga- with the jury, did the jury have a reaction when he stood up and said, I'm going to testify on my own behalf? That's a good question. I, I, I feel like, you know what? Um, they weren't in the room. 
when he did that. Oh, so, oh, that's right. They take him out for him to do that. Okay. They out, and it was like 3.30, 3.45. The, 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 um, project, the state rested, I want to say like 3.30 or, you know, and then everybody, and they came back in, and they called one witness, and that was Kristen Adamson, Wendy Adelson's family law attorney, which I didn't really understand what it had to do with anything. You know, it seemed like broken mirrors. And then they said, okay, we're going to call another person uh, on. And, and, and Rashbaum was kind of coy. And then they had a break. And then Charlie Adelson uh, seemed kind of nervous when he got up there and they swore him in from Judge Everett, said everybody sit down except uh, the defendant. The defendant stood up and he, they said, Are, do you know that? You're doing this willingly. Did your counsel explain everything you need to know? And then they decided instead of um, testifying today when they would have started 415 to just get a nice rest, start first thing tomorrow at 845. And right. Very, I'm and going. They them, and they told them, do not. I'll save you a seat. You know, uh, <laughs> it's great meeting that. You know, like a good host. Uh, but I think that they... They, so the jury, when they came in, said, let's not tell them that uh, Charlie is taking the stand. And then Judge Everett gave directions, hey, you're going to leave by tomorrow as usual. Don't talk about this. Don't want you to keep Right, the normal instruction. Yeah. So what have you thought about how Judge Everett's handled it? I thought it's been masterful. Yeah, masterful. He has a light touch. You know, um, he's jocular without being silly mm-hmm. you know he keeps it moving quickly that's my point is it's right, on right, time right. he's not keeping that jury a minute longer than he needs to right and you asked me about the jury i think people are questioning a couple of these jurors there's one guy in particular who seems a little bit demonstrative or some have felt like when Rajbaum is talking he seems really intense and and uh-huh, i know who you mean yeah, and he, in my humble opinion, seemed a couple of beers short of a six-pack, but he just seemed a little off. But that's just me, um, you know, an observer. But, um, yeah, I've enjoyed, by the way, like I told you last I enjoyed uh, being in Tallahassee the first time. I mean, it's a beautiful city. It's really nice. And I think I, and I think you and I were talking about it, like, coming in, and I'm not trying to pander to the Tallahassee in the audience but i felt like it's such a cool nice town i didn't understand all the animus that wendy adelson has expressed you know about it about tallahassee well 10 years ago tallahassee was a different place i moved here 20 years ago and it took me three years to even want to leave my house so well, i understand that but i didn't have anyone hit did he get did you get to meet aaron i did no did, did, did he yes he okay. the, you know aaron, the fancy fiction yes Sure, sure, sure. We were all in the same uh, room okay. together. She's a lifelong friend of mine. Lifelong with Greg Tish. You have to listen to Greg Tish's show. You really do. It's very funny. It's very it's funny. funny. Greg, yeah. And, and I would love, um, and if you haven't had Erin on, obviously she knows this case better than anybody. And she's come on Surviving the Survivor number Oh, cool. Yeah. She was. She said she was too tired today. She was making calls. So she was asked if she wanted to call in. But I wanted to ask you one more time. Do you think, like, obviously, we we th- we have our own opinion about the outcome. I, I thought he was going to testify, by the way, Greg and, and Patty. But 
I'm sorry, but you both the question, Patty. My next thing was, uh, we already have our opinion about the outcome. Do you think Donna or Wendy or Harvey or anyone else is going to be charged after this yes. is over? Yes. I think Donna. I think I think this was all a setup for Charlie to intimidate him. Yes, you're going down. But it, it's also to get the mom. Like, how are the marshals not there right now? Oh, that's very interesting. Wow, wow. Um, and they, yeah, I mean, I think so, right? I mean, it, uh, and it, I imagine it sets the stage for it, you mm-hmm. know, uh, right? Because uh, is that what you think, Greg? Greg, is that what you think? Yeah, I think she's next. I think she's Well, next. I mean, last year, we have to go in a second, but last year they arrested Charlie before Catherine's trial. Yes. Yes. So I was kind of surprised they didn't do the same thing, but it is the mother. We'll see how it goes. They'll probably want to make sure they get a conviction before they do it. But thank you so much, Steve. I hope to see you tomorrow. I look forward to it. Bye. I'll bring you a water. Bye. 850 That's Steve Cohen. He is a TV producer, and his podcast is Surviving the Survivor, which is very interesting. They're very affable, friendly men. So thank you, Scott, for entertaining this trial one more week. <laughs> Scott, only one? And next only week, one? because I, I'm we're going to have Tim Jansen on. Tim Jansen's going to come on, and I know him because he was my attorney when I was arrested, so... <laughs> <laughs> he That's a whole other show. He probably won't remember me. 850-656-0009. It's House Talk with a happy ending. Every time. And I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a good day.